there's been a struggle over rural spaces and, and the kinds of order that people wish to secure. And we've also seen the different interests involved. So how pervasive is this idea of a rural idyll? I think that there is some normative conflict about the character of the rural, as I've intimated in what I've said previously. But the rural idyll remains the dominant cultural representation. It has a number of key elements to it. I think overall it's as simple as representing rural areas as a nice place to be because they're perceived to be more friendly, they're perceived to have a slower pace of life, they lack the social problems that you encounter very visibly in urban areas, and they're places of heritage and tradition. In many ways, I think that the idyll is an inversion of the urban, where you have this dominant sense of dangerousness. The idea of the city as being a, a dangerous place has a, quite a long history, and would you say that the same can be said of, of the rural? It's difficult to say with, with any degree of certainty, because I think within England you can find a long tradition of anti-urbanism, but the idyll's not always been there. So I think ideas about the rural have changed over time. The rural has been represented in quite different ways. Now the rural idyll presents rural areas as incredibly orderly, whereas perhaps in the past the rural was presented as something that was dangerous. And I think there may be some similarity with the way that urban areas have been portrayed. Yes, indeed. As I said uh, earlier on uh, regarding Leeds, there are uh, similarities. One of the ways in which the idol operates is to serve as a discourse that excludes things that don't quite fit in. Lifestyles or particular practices that don't fit the idol are somehow pushed to the side. That might be travellers, it might be minority ethnic groups who feel that they're not part of the cultural heritage of the rural. And perhaps it also strengthens other ideas around domesticity and so forth. But it operates primarily to exclude Again, here, the similarity with the urban uh, when uh, specific uh, disadvantaged groups are excluded, not only street prostitutes, but in the area of Leeds, elderly people who are not affluent, they don't have financial power, are excluded because they cannot afford to live in the area any longer. The, the idea of urban renaissance itself of the new urban futures has the effect of including some groups and excluding others so that the trendy new bars and restaurants and so on would be geared towards a particular kind of population and not geared towards others. And you mentioned the shopping centre, for example, yes. that people can't afford to shop there. The ideas that are being created by urban renaissance have a very particular idea about who's part of it and, and who isn't. In the same way that the rural idyll does that, I think that the idea of renaissance and the idea of the idyll perhaps could be seen as the same thing, albeit in urban and rural counterpart. But the renaissance idea or regeneration portrays this sense of the city being a sterile, attractive environment that is appropriate for affluent people, people who have money, trendy people, basically. In the same way, the rural idyll is a place for people who are part of their heritage, who wear wax jackets or whatever it may be, but it's the mm -hmm. same kind of image. And it's the people who belong, uh, and the counterpoint to that is the people who don't belong. But would you agree that you know part of the effect of that is that our attention is deflected away from some of the kind of underlying 
social problems, both in rural areas and indeed in, in urban areas as well. Absolutely. Not only does it keep certain people out of rural areas, but the people who are in the rural areas who suffer some fairly significant aspects of social stress, such as uh, young people or, or those on low incomes, they tend to be uh, concealed from view. It's as if they've been sort of wiped clean from the rural slate. Yes, indeed, that is what is happening uh, in urban areas as well because young people don't have, uh, for instance, going back to Leeds, they don't have uh, sport centres anymore. There are uh, very expensive uh, health clubs. Elderly people, as I said already, they don't have uh, the opportunity to shop in local shops because local shops have been replaced by expensive, trendy shops selling other designer furnitures or uh, delicatessen shops. So it's also the identity of the place that has been uh, destroyed because fish and chip shops have been replaced by posh restaurants, for instance. I think there's a similar process there in rural areas where the idyll is serving to obscure the decline in service infrastructure that is there. I think in the rural areas we've seen the closure of, of small village stores as the big out-of-town supermarkets have taken all their trade. Shops have closed down. Particularly older people, again, don't necessarily have access to those facilities, especially given the problems that we have with rural transport. Similarly, post offices closed down. Mm -hmm. Where you get towns full of of second homeowners, you also have a problem with schools closing down because of falling school roles. And those can have very significant cultural influences on a, a rural area, much as I presume they do have altering the shape of of, of the urban environment. So as much as we can talk about urban renaissance or renewal or improvement, quite often what we're seeing then is is that as much as there is regeneration and improvement for some, there's also degeneration, particularly as far as services are concerned on the other. Yes. And certainly as well, and it's precisely those populations who are bearing the brunt of these changes in terms of their economic and social position in the community also happen to be those who are the most targeted for policing and criminalised with all the effects that that has as well. So to compound the marginalisation that's going on. And often the the victimisation of those people becomes even more hidden because they are the problem rather than the social conditions or the facilities that have been removed. Has that happened at all with the way that the zone of toleration has disappeared in Leith so that now you see that the victimisation of people within that area now passing perhaps more unnoticed? Yes, because there is not a tolerance zone anymore, so there is not a perceived need for a police patrol in the area, which means that although the rationale was uh, to get rid of crime, there is uh, a huge increase in crime rates, particularly in that area, mainly because there is a more affluent population but also because without advocating for tougher policing in the area, the idea of police as deterrent means that some of the crimes that were uh, not visible for a long time are now, again, uh, perceived by the population. So in as much as there's been an attempt to clean up or cleanse Leith, yeah. in, in effect, actually, it's not become a safer place. I think there's the possibility of a similar dynamic occurring in rural areas with the recent shift in attention towards 
antisocial behaviour, mm. uh, where rural areas can claim to have relatively low levels of conventional or mainstream crimes, they have as many problems of antisocial behaviour as many other urban areas, particularly because, as, as I mentioned earlier, young people there are subject to the same cultural influences as people in the city. But what happens is the problematization of antisocial behaviour draws attention to the issue in rural areas. And insofar as that pulls in an enforcement or uh, machinery of governance, I think that you then risk sort of exposing parts of the rural little, really. You're exposing the rural little for what it is, which is a relatively thin veil covering a set of problems that have existed there for quite some time, just as in, in the urban area, perhaps this sense of regeneration is, again, a, often quite literally, isn't it? It's a coat of paint, a, yeah. a gloss over an area. It's a cosmetic change, but in reality, the quality of life has deteriorated dramatically. Mm-hmm. And and the, the for some for some people yes yeah and I think this idea of cosmetic change draws attention to to the the way that the rural little and the idea of urban renaissance are there to to commodify you make cosmetic changes in order to commodify an area to make it attractive to business to make it attractive to affluent residents visitors. and and for, for visitors too yeah mm-hmm. just as I, I've suggested that uh, rural areas are given an attractive appearance for for tourism, so the same thing applies to Leith? Well, in fact, it's been advertised as the gateway to to Scotland. Uh, There is the Royal Britannia yacht in in Leith, so there are buses that are taking uh, foreign tourists to visit Leith, which would have been impossible if there was still a tolerance zone, because obviously prostitutes and uh, drug users and homeless people and elderly poor people are not something to be proud of. Mm -hmm. Your mention of homelessness there makes me think of rural homelessness, which has been portrayed as a crime problem. Local authorities have been quite keen to paint homelessness as an issue of crime and disorder that attracts an enforcement response. And, of course, the underlying conditions that have have, uh, contributed to that homelessness remain unaddressed perhaps in a, in a parallel with the with the city where recriminalizing the prostitution has taken the focus off many of the original reasons why the, the zone of toleration was set up around the health needs of, yeah. of, of drug misuses and so forth yes that's true because uh, what is now missing from the city is the care of people more in need what about the experience of the women who work there i mean how has the condition changed? Well, the the situation uh, has been uh, deteriorating since the closure of uh, the tolerance zone. During the final year of the designated zone in 2001, there were 11 attacks um, against women. But a year later, there were already 31 attacks. And in the first six months of 2003... 54 um, attacks uh, against women um, have been recorded, although, as important to stress, only four were reported to the police. During the period of uh, the tolerance zone, Edinburgh had uh, an unparalleled record for apprehending and gaining convictions against men who were abusing uh, and assaulted and raping women working as um, sit prostitutes. 
And this was achieved because of the trust built between uh, working women uh, and the local police. There is no trust anymore and there is no physical presence of the police in the area. So women are feeling um, threatened Mm -hmm. by men uh, looking for sex. Also, there are increasing difficulties uh, for agencies um, delivering um, health and support services, not only to sex workers and their clients, but also to the drug-using population.